Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. It is... Post Saudi Arabian Grand Prix driver ratings. We're about to get savage, or maybe we're about to get lovely. It depends which driver you support. Isn't that right, co founder Tom Bellingham? It is. It was such a good race. We just want to talk about it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Forward slash sarcasm. But no, it was. It was an average race, wasn't it? But um, yeah. some exemplary driver performances and some maybe not so great. But before we dive into that, we need to do our five-star review. If you want to have yours read out, please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you love the P1 podcast and maybe you'll get read out next time. This one comes in from Roham, the best F1 podcast. Every time I take my dog out for a walk, I listen to these guys who love Formula One and have big wheel knowledge, talk and waffle. As Matt would say, keep up the good work. Oh, right. Because as, <laughs> as Matt would say, keep up the good work, love from Iran. But I, I don't think I, I didn't say that. Yeah, that's, your ca- that's your catchphrase. <laughs> yes. Uh, more the big knowledge. Saying, keep up the good work, love from Iran. <laughs> <laughs> that is my phrase. Uh, but thank you so much, Roham, for those kind words. And I'm sorry I didn't deliver them in the way that you may have wanted, but it was still funny all the same. <laughs> now, let's get into the driver ratings. And we're going to start with Logie Bear, Logie Sarge, Logan Sargent, however you want to portray him in the world of Formula One. Now, of course, if you remember from our predictions, I actually thought he was going to have the biggest flop. And I still think I've been slightly mugged by uh, Tom Bellingham, the other side of this P1 venture, because I feel like a half a point was absolutely on the cards. So I have gone for a five out of 10. Started literally 20th finished the race in 16th, had reasonable pace at points during the race. I think he got up to about eighth or so. Of course, he was on a slightly different strategy to to others around him, but just gave himself far too much work to do. Didn't really have the pace matching Albon, I would argue. Uh, So that's why it's a middle of the road, five out of 10. At least he didn't bin it because Saudi is a very easy place to bin it. Just ask Mick Schumacher. He somehow managed not to bin it in qualifying. He was so so close on his second run. Uh, And then his time that was actually quite good, he got it deleted, didn't he, by putting a tiny uh, wheel on the uh, bit of runoff, which got his lap time deleted, which it didn't advantage him in any way. But dem the rules. Um, So he got, yeah, lap time deleted and then couldn't really even set a lap. So not a great quality, decent-ish in the race, but not not spectacular uh it's a five out of ten as well it's kind of just average for for logie average i mean it's not bad it's not bad he's he's still he's ticking along it's only his second race uh, of his f1 career let's move to his teammate alex alban what have you got tommy because we're doing this thing right where we're alternating because that's what you asked for so here you go uh alex alban i've gone for also a five out of ten 
Uh, I just, I know they were like, they were racing a lot together in the pack. And uh, Alex Alban, he had the DNF, so we'll never know where he finished, but him and Logie Bear were, seemed to be on track together quite a lot. And um, I don't think he was miles ahead of uh, Sergeant uh, in pace, which I kind of expected him to be. So, yeah, it's a difficult one to to rate him because ultimately didn't have a great weekend and ended up retiring, but it's a five out of 10 from me. Okay. All right. Well, I, I feel like that's slightly harsh. I feel like Alex was potentially in with a shot of, of scoring another point. Uh, he was very much around the P10 mark when, when he had his problem. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he wasn't as clear as I maybe suggested earlier to, compared to Logie, but still he was ahead and had a good chance of scoring uh, a, a P10 potentially. So I'm going to give him a six out of 10. It, it depends how, I mean, it's a brake failure, but if he was managing that problem for many laps, maybe that was one of the reasons why he started falling back in the first place. So these are all ifs and buts and maybes. So I think six out of 10 is a lot fairer of a grade. Screw you, Tom Bellingham. Okay, let's move to Nick DeVries now. He qualified 18th, finished 14th. I've not been particularly impressed at the start of Nick DeVries's career in Formula One. Uh, you know, you say he's going to he bed in and fair enough, you know, he's going to need time to gain confidence and, and whatnot. But when you compare him to Sonoda, where a lot of people, including yourself, Tommy, backed Nick DeVries and his mature attitude and his way of his work ethic um, over Yuki Sonoda's screaming down the, uh, the, the team radio whenever he gets past. But for me, it's a four out of 10. Didn't really show any kind of excitement, really. I've not seen anything from him yet that suggests that it matches up with that Monza result he had last year. Yeah, he missed FP3 with a with a failure, but it's not like FP, FP3 is like the be-all and end-all session that is going to completely ruin your whole weekend. But yeah, Nick DeVries, he just hasn't looked particularly great so far. Um, I know the AlphaTauri isn't good, but he just looks a bit meh so far. Um We'll, we'll see if he can turn it around, but I've also gone for a four out of 10, just very unspectacular, finished 14th, um, but he actually did all right behind the safety car and just kind of stayed there. Uh, he's just, don't really see him much, uh, and he's very much just seems like a, a bit of a back marker at the moment. Absolutely, yeah, 14th, not exactly where he maybe thought he'd be at the start of this year after his amazing performance uh, at Monza. Now we go to Yuki Sonoda. He qualified 16th, finished 11th, Tommy. Yep, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Yuki Sonoda. Uh, obviously, he's uh, he's in an Alpha Tauri, and I've had to kind of change my perspective on what an Alpha Tauri is because they always felt like a good midfield team, but realistically, you have to look at them now that they're almost uh, a, a, Williams, a, a Williams or a Haas of yesteryear aren't they uh they are genuinely back marker they were last last year they finished uh ninth in the constructors and now they look even worse this year so i think yuki to actually come so close to a points finish again i think that's second race in a row isn't it finished 11th in both races which is very unlucky um so it's a good a good drive from him and he has shown that he is the one that's uh, you know putting in the great performances, and uh, he's just been very unlucky not to get a point, which I think would have been an incredible 
uh, incredible result in that that car that's not very good. Absolutely, I agree. I've also gone for a seven out of ten, just purely by the fact that he is hauling what is quite fairly a donkey at the moment, like genuinely not a good car in the slightest. They were 16th and 18th in qualifying. But for Yuki to be challenging around that sort of end of the points mark is is impressive, I think, as much as he's got no points to show for it. Those two P11s have uh, thrust Alpha Tauri to ninth place in the constructors ahead of McLaren in 10th. Who would have thought you'd say that uh, at the start of the year? Um, but, but Yuki fought tooth and nail against K-Mag. He, he lost out and clearly wasn't too happy about it when K-Mag did go past him at the end of the race. But I still think he can build from this. And also, if Alpha Tauri can get better, then Yuki is in looking in good shape to, to start scoring P8s, P9s, P10s, if possible. Right, let's move to Nico Hülkenberg now. He started 10th after the penalty for, for Leclerc and uh, finished 12th, which, again, not not the best of performances from Nico, missing out on points uh, ever so slightly, but also the fact that K-Mag actually managed to score a point for, for Haas, which uh, is pretty big, I would say, uh, in K- in the fight between the Suck My Balls brothers, if that's what you want to call them. <laughs> um, but the safety car potentially impacted his race uh, but I, I guess it's fair to say that he wasn't actually able to match K-Mag uh, this weekend. Not as not as close as, uh, to be fair, it was the other way around, really, wasn't it, in Bahrain? I felt like Hülkenberg was quicker than Magnussen in, in race one, and it seems to have shifted the other way. Yeah, they were, I feel like there was a lot of teammates potentially battling. There was one moment where we thought, oh, are we going to get the classic Haas coming together here? But didn't materialize. Hülkenberg... Yeah, he got screwed by by the safety car, which dropped him uh, a few places. Maybe if he hadn't have done that, he might have been the one that got a point, but he didn't. So six out of ten. <laughs> Savage Tommy, we love to see it. Kevin Magnussen up next, started thirteenth, finished tenth. Indeed, yeah, Kevin Magnussen got a point for Haas, first points on the board after their disaster class in Bahrain. And, Wait, did uh, I did I even did I rate Nick Hulkenberg? I don't think I did. Did I even say six out of ten? I don't know if I did. Oh. Did I? Did I say six out of ten? I don't know. I don't think you did. I think I ended up just giving him a grade. No, sure. yeah, you did. You I did. did. I think so. Okay. If not, <laughs> six out of ten. <laughs> just use that use that audio file. Okay. Six out six out of ten. This is off the rails. We've lost all professionalism. Right, let's try again. Kevin Magnuson. Started 13th, finished 10th. <laughs> oh my God. We're uh, just, I feel like, I just feel like this, the this, order this... just broken my brain. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you go first. Kevin Magnuson started 13th. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so okay. hot. Kevin Magnuson started 13th, finished 10th. Yeah, good result. <laughs> 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 You had to unmute your I'm mic. Just gonna, I'm just going to roll with that. Uh, yeah, great, great result from K-Mag. Um, got the points. No, do it again, because I was shouting okay. at you. Okay, I'll just, I don't, don't you do the intro. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just speak. No, it has <laughs> to. I'm, to, I'm, to flow in. Yeah, because it's like a trigger <laughs> in my brain. So it just makes me want to laugh. So I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Kevin Magnussen. Uh, yeah, struggled a lot in Bahrain, but had a good uh, a good race. And um, yeah, his move on Yuki Tsunoda, we all thought that was going to be a bit of a disaster, but 
no, made made the move stick and uh, yeah, decent decent performance. Yeah, K-Mag loves a, a black and orange uh, flag, as we all know. Uh, loves a warning for, for damage to his car, but nothing doing against Yuki, although a lot of us may have wondered if that was going to happen. Uh, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 uh, as well. I think it's going to be fascinating between Hulkenberg and Magnussen and how that teammate rivalry um, sort of evolves over the course of the year if Haas can actually get within the the sort of tail end of the points most weeks, uh, which of these two will actually come out on top because... It, yeah, uh, from the first two, it's it's shifted one way uh, and then the other. So uh, good job, even though it was only one point has, but good job. Well done. Lance Stroll next. He started fifth and did not finish. I'm giving Lance a seven out of 10. I feel like it was a, a decent enough performance. Qualifying is never his strong point, but still did a, a reasonable job, although he bottled the last sector uh, on his final lap. So may well have been able to uh, put himself slightly up higher up the grid, but the move he put on signs was phenomenal at the start of the race. And he was about, he was going to score some solid points again for Aston Martin. So uh, I have to give him a seven out of 10 if, if he had, well, he didn't finish, but we have to kind of judge it as how he was doing. So seven out of 10. Yeah. I've gone for seven out of 10 as well. His move was very tasty. Um, really, really good overtake. And we don't know where he's going to finish, but he got screwed a little bit. Uh, by a rare good Ferrari strategy, yeah. Who would have thought? Um, and then it caused such a glitch in the matrix that his car broke. So, um, unlucky straw. Fernando Alonso started second and finished third, fourth, third. Yeah, I'm going for another nine out of 10 for Fernando. It's a difficult one to rate now because is this just, that's where Aston Martin are, they're the second best team, but we're all on that Fernando Alonso hype train and I've got to give him props for making the race slightly interesting for a few laps, dive bombing, uh, Perez at the start, getting into the lead, which was exciting. Uh, I guess he'd lose maybe a mark for the fact that he uh, had the, the grid box issue. And then realistically he came back through uh, and he was running in a decent podium position. And then when there was that threat of Russell and needed to pull the five second gap, he did, which didn't matter because then it was 10 seconds. But then it didn't matter anyway because that didn't count. Um, so, yeah, 9 out of 10 for Fernando. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed once again by Fernando, you know, rocking up again in qualifying, sticking it on the front row after Charles Leclerc's penalty and then taking the lead at the start. Yes, you probably take half a mark, even though we don't do halves here, uh, half a mark off of Fernando for his grid box um, misposition. It was, yeah, very strange uh, mistake there. But I think it's just so difficult to see where the car really is when you're in uh, these generation of, uh, of Formula One cars. But apart from that, his performance was really solid. He never really looked in trouble for that third position uh, until penalties started getting hovered over his head. Uh, so nine out of 10, really solid performance from Fernando. And let's hope we see 21 more of them, hey? Let's hope so. Valtteri Bottas up next, started 14th, finished 18th. And yeah, wow, Yeesh. my goodness me. It's going to have to be a two out of 10 uh, for me. It was one of the most anonymous weekends for Valtteri Bottas in the history of his career. He was just out of contention, not fast. And he was so far off the back as well, obviously had a few problems, but realistically he had a, pretty bad qualifying and then just didn't have any pace either he didn't i've gone for a three out of ten because he ran over some debris which was what apparently made him so slow but i can't forgive the fact that he wasn't 
nearest teammate in qualifying and he should be that driver you know he, we've said it so many times but beat Lewis Hamilton in qualifying and was you know a good quality specialist uh, and Joe Guan Yu still fairly new to Formula One so uh, it's a three out of ten for Bottas uh, got to save the lower grade for someone that I think did even worse. Yep, and I think I am on the same uh, page <laughs> for that one. Uh, and it's not someone we usually rate so lowly. Uh, next up is uh, Valtteri's teammate, Joe Guan Yu, who qualified 11th and finished 13th. But maybe, Tommy, not 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 representative of what was going on. No, he got screwed by a safety car. I think he put some nice moves in. So I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. Uh, no mean feat to out-qualify Bottas and then yeah I think he I think he put quite a few tasty moves in uh we saw him battling other cars quite a lot and yeah good performance from from Joe Guanyu yeah I'm gonna give him a six out of ten I think that it was a, a decent enough performance safety car kind of screwed him a little bit like the the two Ferraris in the sense that he'd just pitted um but yeah realistically beat his teammate didn't score points but of course that was mainly down to a bit of bad luck but six out of ten I think uh, is fair we now go to Oscar Piastri in the McLaren, who qualified eighth uh, or started eighth and finished the race in 15th. His race was pretty much over uh, from lap one, turn three, as he uh, loses his front wing. I'm going to rate him, though, a six out of ten. I actually think, when we actually take into account the McLaren being dreadful at the moment, he showed signs of promise. He was very much on Lando Norris's pace, which he can be very proud of. Uh, wasn't afraid to, to send a move. I know it was for 14th, 15th, 16th fighting cars. You may not expect the McLarens to fight, but Oscar could only do what was put in front of him. He did an amazing qualifying. So I think six out of 10 is, is very fair. I've gone even higher than that and gone for a seven out of 10 for Oscar Piastri. Uh, his qualifying was great. Uh, and yeah, racing his teammate, which was exciting to see. I actually re-watched the turn one incident as well because I couldn't remember how he got the damage. I know it was with Gasly. And I think Gasly was maybe a bit bit naughty, squeezed him a little bit uh, and kind of did that that move where you just drive like someone's not there and Oscar got completely squeezed out and had no choice, Couldn't didn't have any time to back out or anything. So I think he was quite unlucky there. And it's such a shame because he was my opinion, the star of uh, qualifying as well. Uh, and we did get to see it, but I think he can be very happy with his weekend, despite, which is a mad thing to say to finish 15th, but... Uh, in the McLaren. Surprising, <laughs> yeah, 15th in the McLaren, but very strangely positive from him. Yeah, certainly. Um, it'll be something to build from for sure. Uh, let's move to the other side of the garage. Lando Norris qualified 19th due to an error and finished the race in 17th. He did. Uh, I'm going to go. Sorry, Lando fans. He's getting a two out of 10. And uh, I mentioned earlier about they can't give Bottas uh, any worse than uh, a three because someone is slightly worse. And that for me is Lando Norris. We rarely see mistakes from him. And I know he made, uh, he ran over some debris and it kind of screwed his race again. He just needed a solid weekend after the disaster that happened in Bahrain. But at the same time, it was his fault in qualifying that put him way down the order in the first place. And yeah, just absolute nightmare. I think that's, I say I think, I know that is 
fact that that is the worst weekend he's ever had in Formula One. I can't can't think of any worse. He was uh, very uncharacteristic from Lando. Yeah, it really was. I went for a two out of ten as well. I think it was a hundred percent a weekend to forget for Lando. Obviously, turning in too early at that last corner, which broke his uh, front left um, turning vein, or whatever you want to call it. I'm not an aerodynamicist slash engineer, uh, but his front left wasn't working properly anymore. And then in the race. He was very unlucky to drive over the debris of his own teammate. And that's just, uh, you know, like, can McLaren get any more yeah. bad luck? Or fa- the McLaren fans, at least, get any more bad luck. McLaren themselves aren't getting bad luck in the sense of they've made a slow car. But for Piastri to get squeezed like that, it was the most minor of contact to then wipe out Lando's race as well. Yeah, the McLaren uh, team are probably just wondering, you know, what, what do we need to do here uh, to get to get a bit of uh, good fortune. But yeah, Lando didn't really show any moves or show any sort of dominance over Oscar Piastri. If anything, the team came over uh, on, on the radio and said, don't fight Oscar if he's coming through. So that doesn't make Piastri number one in the team before everyone gets excited like they did in the podcast. But one of those races, excuse me, that Lando is going to have to very much forget. Pierre Gasly is your next driver to be rated. Started ninth, finished ninth. Decent performance from from Pierre. Didn't really have much to have much to say apart from squeezing Oscar Piastri at the start, but he very much hovered around that area for for most of the race and secured himself a couple of points in the Alpine. It was a very uneventful race, I would say. And a grade. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10 for Pierre. It was nothing too special, but secured a couple of points once again. And it's a double points finish now in the first two races uh, for Alpine, despite starting at the back in Bahrain as well. So Gasly not having met perhaps as, as bad a season as we both kind of predicted uh, before, the, uh, before the 2023 Formula 1 calendar began. Yeah, as if he finished uh, the race in the same position that he did in the last race, but didn't start dead last um it's a seven out of ten it's just a solid points finish for a midfield car wasn't on his teammates um pace but he was on his teammates gearbox i guess at the end of the race uh and yeah just a decent solid drive from gasly and i'm proud of them as well they didn't go to blows you know they didn't go side by side and yeet yeet themselves into the wall which yeah when you saw the two pink alpines battling in saudi it was like Ah, here we go. But, but no, hey, didn't they happen. were good. They were good. We love to see it. Esteban Ocon started sixth, finished eighth. Yeah, so Ocon, I have gone for an eight out of ten. Uh, annoying that uh, I should have got biggest biggest surprise because an eight out of ten is a good performance, but I <laughs> just stupidly said that he was going to do a bit better than he did. But uh, it's quite interesting, actually, that there's not going to be many points if we end up having which is the way it looks now we've got four top teams because Aston Martin have joined that that's only two points positions available if all those guys finish Uh, and uh, Ocon yeah it looks like P8 P9 could now be the new best of the rest position that someone like Lando Norris last year kept getting an Esty Bestie uh, drove did everything he could and I think just got the maximum out of that car so yeah 8 out of 10 yep 8 out of 10 for me as well I thought had a great qualifying uh, and he 
you know, couldn't keep the likes of the top four teams behind him uh, at the start. And fair enough, you know, he did, he maximized the performance in that Alpine. They are a little bit ahead of everyone behind, but then a little bit behind everyone ahead. It's it's one of those sort of middle grounds uh, for Alpine at the moment. But yeah, SD Bestie, decent drive, eight out of 10. Let's now go to Lewis Hamilton, started the race seventh and finished fifth. I was quite underwhelmed with uh, Lewis this weekend, uh, so I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10. Uh, He started on the hards, which we all found out was a tyre that is not one to be on. But then I actually expect a little bit more from him being on the mediums at the time in which they switched over to it, because the medium was definitely the tyre of preference. But I, I, you know, at one point we're thinking, oh, is Hamilton going to make his way through the field and potentially, you know, snatch a podium or something? But... Uh, the tires, the pace fell off. Uh, he couldn't get past his teammate Russell, despite getting close you know, a little bit and then falling away. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed as well Russell saying that they needed to focus just you know to stay behind Alonso because of the five second penalty, and then Alonso had already served the five second penalty. Uh, but apart from that, <laughs> from Hamilton's perspective, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't massively uh, blown away by it. No, I've gone for a seven out of ten. It was just a solid drive from his car i can't believe we're saying that yeah fifth place is like yeah it's all right um it was just nothing particularly special and uh dare i say uh kind of got completely outshone all weekend by by his teammate so uh it wasn't i don't think it wasn't like he was bad he just uh wasn't great george russell then let's talk about him lewis hamilton's teammate started third finished the race fourth third fourth Okay, uh, George Russell, I have gone for a 9 out of 10. I think, uh, I know he didn't get a podium in the end, but for me, I think that was just a race that maybe we'll look back on one day uh, and think this is the the race that George almost became. He, he sort of gave that kind of team leader vibe uh, from, from Mercedes. I know it's only one race, uh, but the fact that, we don't know. I've not really seen. It was only Crofty that said something about the team orders. Uh, I didn't actually see if there was any radio or anything. But you know, George wasn't wasn't willing to sort of let Hamilton go. He had the better pace all weekend. And then I think after just the way, you know, is in his interview, he was just kind of saying, "Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We know what we need to improve." And he looked the. Yeah, like the the solid team leader in that team, which is which is wild because I think a lot of people thought that you know he might fall into a number two number two driver role, but actually uh, he had a very very impressive weekend. Team LH aren't going to like that one, mate. So uh, yes. you might want to mute your uh, Twitter yeah, notifications I've, for a couple uh, of days. I've barricaded my door as well. <laughs> uh, for George Russell, I've also given him a nine out of ten. I think he did almost everything he could have in that Mercedes that is is slightly behind Aston Martin, I think, realistically. But he extracted everything out of the car. He had a great qualifying, which put him in a, a brilliant position to, to try and almost get on the podium. So very impressed. I think George is closing the gap to Hamilton. And if anything, this weekend was, was quicker. And if he continues to do that more and more, 
then people start to to ask, yeah, that that exact team dynamic and what are they? Are they equals now? Or, you know, how does this work? I know that George was never a number two, but that's how a lot of people, as you say, would have assumed he'd slot into the Mercedes team. And with everything else going on with Hamilton at the moment as well, with changes in his personnel and all these rumors flying around, you got to wonder what's going to happen next. Carlos Sainz uh, started fourth and finished the race sixth. I'm going to give him a six out of 10. I feel like the Ferrari's not very good, so I can't give him any lower than a six out of 10 because I don't think it was a terrible performance. But it's one of those, again, it's another one of those start of the season signs who just isn't where he was at the end of last year. Just the fact that he had Charles Leclerc on, on his rear bumper pretty quickly in the race when Charles started 12th is is not not really a good thing for for Carlos and it doesn't showcase what a, a driver he can be so yeah not not particularly impressed by Carlos he needed to step up uh, this weekend with the fact that you know, Leclerc was carrying the penalty but I don't think he really did now gone for a 7 out of 10 because he finished ahead of Charles but he should have because Charles started way back but you're in giving him of, extra points because he no, finished I'm ahead of his what, penalty I would have given him a, stricken teammate. Well, I would have given him a six out of ten, I think, if Charles would have got past, maybe. But um, he didn't. And, um, yeah, it's still not great. Uh, it's just a kind of, yeah, it's all right. It would be a 6.5, 6.6, but we can't give halves. So uh, it's a seven for Carlos. But if it carries on, I am going to have to start dropping my grade down to more six out of 10 and be a bit more savage because he really needs to be, you know, he can't, he can't be, he can't have Charles on the back of him uh, when Charles started way down, down the order. I'm sure Carlos listening to this podcast is saying shiver me timbers right now that Tommy's going to start giving him worse grades if if he doesn't turn up. He is your, you are his biggest motivation. uh, I will, I will admit. Uh, Charles Leclerc started the race 12th and finished 7th. I'm going to give him an, oh, I was going to say an eight, but now I'm I'm on the fly, and I think seven out of ten, actually, for Charles Leclerc. Um, he got through the field quite quickly, but then got stuck behind signs, and then he had that moment, well, which, to be fair, was more down to his team and, and not pushing in safety car line one and all that sort of stuff. But realistically, he, he hit a... A, a blockade very quickly uh, in terms of his um, drive through the field. So I've, yeah, I've switched it up and said seven because I'm actually not as impressed. I don't think it deserves an eight. I have gone for an eight, obviously, because I can't give him a seven because <laughs> I've given Carlos a seven. But I think uh, Charles did very well. And um, I've just realized that we've done it in a different order, but it doesn't matter. We'll roll with it. Um, yeah, Charles, I'm going to give him a 8 out of 10 because I think that that quality performance was particularly special and it's a shame that he had to drop way down the order not that I think he would have had the match for Alonso and uh, Perez at the front no, no chance. Uh, but it would have been nice to have seen him up there and seen how quickly the Ferrari would have been passed by everybody. Um, let's go to Sergio Perez. You can go, you can go next on this one, Tommy. He started <laughs> oh first, God. finished first. 10 out of 10, next. What a drive. Sergio, yes, of course, Max had a problem, which meant that Perez got an easy kind of run to to pole and then you could say an easy race win. But when Verstappen was on him at the end, he held his nerve 
he had the pace in hand that he needed to to not let Max catch him. And boy, does that guy love street circuits. That's uh, pretty much all his wins apart from one on the street circuit now. And then even then, it was Bahrain Short, which is a very weird circuit. He loves weird, unusual circuits. He really uh, does. He really does. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me as well. People will argue, well, it's because Max wasn't there. But as Tommy, you highlighted there, the fact that he held off Verstappen for 25 laps, I think it was. And Verstappen didn't get any closer than I think about four seconds. So Perez had the match uh, for for Verstappen in, in race trim. So that for me absolutely deserves a 10 out of 10. He couldn't have done more apart from not losing the 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 lead at the start, but Alonso managed to screw himself with the uh, with the penalty there. So so Perez gets a 10 out of 10. Congrats. And now finally Max Verstappen started 15th, finished second. I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10. Uh, people might go, well, he started 15th. How can you not give him a 10 for finishing second? That Red Bull is a rocket ship. And if he hadn't finished second, I would have been completely and utterly gobsmacked. Uh, so I think it's a 9 out of 10. Did very well to get through the field. Chose his his battles very wisely. Uh, didn't stick a nose in where he didn't need to. Um, didn't get through the field as quickly as some of us thought. But it was still a very measured approach from Verstappen. Very mature. Uh, but the only reason he doesn't get a 10 is because he didn't have the pace to catch Perez at the end. Yeah, 9 out of 10. I've also gone for for that same reason that he didn't catch Perez to win, which is quite crazy. To that, it just shows that how good uh, Max has been. That we go fifteenth to second. No, it's not. It's not a full grade, but because uh, the the sad the reality is, well. uh, yeah, that he got he benefited from the safety car. And the sad reality is that we said it yesterday. Sixty five percent of people thought he was going to win the race because he is just uh, inevitable. But he didn't quite have that that pace to uh to do it so realistically i think people would have a lot of people uh top drivers would have been able to do what max did in that car to get through the field because it is just so much quicker the reason it's a nine and not an eight for me is the fact that he just popped in that fastest lap when he needed to at the end just to be like no i'll still have that championship lead thank you very much and uh yeah decent, it was, it was but- a weird team radio wasn't it as well be at red bull saying we're not worried about that and max was saying well I am, I am. and yeah. I'm going to go get fastest lap and he did. Uh, so yeah, Max still leads the driver's championship at the moment by a singular point, which is uh, very exciting. Maybe we'll see <laughs> now before we go, uh, we need to crown our P one driver of the weekend, which is very exciting. So my P one driver of the weekend is Sergio Perez. No surprise there. I think that it, you, you really just have to commend his step up from Bahrain, where he was nowhere near Max Verstappen, and to then rock up, have the pressure on his shoulders of you are expected to win around here. I think it very much played into his hands that the fact that it is around a street circuit, for whatever reason, Checo is the king of street tracks. He just turns up. If it was 23, as I said in funniest tweets, if there's 23 street tracks, I think Sergio Perez would have a very good chance of winning the title. For whatever reason, it suits his driving style. Maybe he's just a bit more daring uh, as a driver. But either or, he 100% deserves my P1 driver of the weekend. Can he continue into technically, Australia technically is a street circuit. So let's see. We shall see. Yeah, my P1 driver of the weekend is also Sergio Perez. It's pretty obvious because he's the only driver that I gave a 10 out of 10 to. So, of course, he is. Um, 
what more to say that he's just drove uh, a fantastic weekend. And what I will say, this is a new segment that we've added because we heard your feedback at the end and you wanted to see a full list. So if you're watching this on video, there'll be a nice full list as we read out our P1 uh, of like first to last in in terms of order now it'd be a bit more interesting when maybe we give two or three drivers a 10 out of 10 so we can crown an overall winner but this time uh, there was only one 10 out of 10 and that was Perez so well done to him good job Checo good work lovely stuff and that is it that is the end of our driver ratings for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix Tommy what are your final thoughts my final thoughts are that I feel sorry for our video editor editing this podcast because, again, we took some feedback from you guys that we would alternate the order and it absolutely messed with my brain and yours too, Matt. We kept some of us sometimes starting, sometimes forgetting to carry on. We're just so in the groove and we've been doing this for so long that we just switched something and it just can't compute in my brain and uh, it went slightly off the rails there. So, um We'll see if we carry that on because my brain is just absolutely mashed from trying to uh, do something different. I'm, I'm just so used to doing it one way. Yes, that's it. We can only do it one way or, or the highway, pretty much. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed uh, this. We are, as you say, li- listening to uh, your feedback. So please do keep sending that in. We do listen to it. Some of which we go, no. Some of it we go, yeah, all right, we'll try it. So I uh, hope you enjoyed our driver ratings and we'll see you very soon for another video or podcast. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.